Hello. Hey, it's Keith. Oh, hi, Keith. Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. It's been a long time since I've done my dumb little record setup. I had to remember how to do it. So, are uh, you busy? Mind if we do a little podcast? No problem at all. Let me turn down this TV, okay? Sure. All right, it's been a long time since we did one of those. Yeah, it's uh, uh, this is kind of nice. Okay, first I'll give you the, uh, okay, man, this is just weird. Yeah, I mean, this was always weird at the best of times, but it's just been a long time since I've done this. But I kind of found an okay little nook. So I'll give you the phone update first, I guess. So uh, the, uh, the, the phone I always used to use in Vancouver by the window where there's all the, uh, the mountains, it was like my favorite one. So they removed that one. The, those phones are all gone. So the only phones I could really find were at the library. So I was like, I guess I could use those. And I just figured it's all just going that way of like the way how in Amsterdam there was no phones at all. Like Vancouver was just gonna become that way of just, oh well, I guess there's no more pay phones. But they just put in a new bank of phones at uh, like Central Station. So even though it's real bustling and busy and there's tons of people coming through here, the way the, it's like a bank of six phones. So I'm on the back three, so it's just kind of I'm in a corner between some phones and a window, so it's not that bad. Like, for for the, all the like hundred people that are in this room with me, I don't think anyone has noticed yet that I'm holding a recorder to the phone. Like, I'm kind of it's not so bad. And is anybody else using the other phone? On the other side, yeah. But that's nice too, since it's such a big bank of phones. Like six of them, three and three. So the everyone uses. I didn't even realize there were three on this side. The only reason I came to this side is I was trying to find other phones because. This thing is right by a World Vision booth that's set up where they're trying to get people to donate. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Like, they're like five feet away or four feet away from these phones. And like, I guess I'll have to try to watch my language and stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just awkward. But then this is like the hidden phones that on the back of this little phone thing, there's three more phones that nobody even knows about, so. Oh, good old Canada. Yeah, so it's like I'm hidden in plain sight. So it's not so bad. So yeah, basically, I guess uh, I guess we could just do like a little recap. It's been actually a year. It was last November, the last time we did a podcast. Really? Yeah. and oh, uh, time flies. And I was kind of like, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, I should maybe do just uh, catch up one or maybe start doing these at like seasonal or something. Like, you know, every season, just do a little catch up. Because I knew some people listened to this show and were kind of into it. But uh, what I guess really spurred me on is I got a Twitter message from a guy who... He has like a Twitter account set up to follow people, but the only Twitter message he ever sent himself was to me to say, hey, you should do more episodes of that podcast. So I'm like, all right. It's really all I need is for somebody to ask. So. Okay. So, so what'll be our subject? Well, I guess so the quick little, the recap, I guess. So the last episode was, I'm pretty sure it was in Toronto. It was after I got back from the Netherlands. So I was telling you about the Netherlands and before I went back to New Brunswick. Because I think that's really what threw this whole little project off the rails was I was back home for four months. So, I mean, I just saw you every day anyway. So there was no, you know, we didn't really do any podcasts. And, uh, and I mean, it was kind of nice to go home. It was the first time I'd been home in the winter since 2007, since before I went to New York. And uh, I guess I'll get into the weather a bit later when I tell you about Vancouver, but I guess it's all it doesn't really matter where you go in Canada. Everything is bad in its own way. <laughs> so, so I found the cold in New Brunswick extremely shocking and difficult. But uh, I got the sense that since you know you've just been there the whole time and it's just every year, not it's not the same for you. Yeah, because I told you last winter wasn't a bad winter here. 
Yeah. Whereas it Had really is. No, but but temperature-wise, no, it wasn't bad. Yeah, since I'd spent all my winters in, I guess you know either Vancouver, New York, or Toronto. So yeah, I'd really gotten soft because like my my one thing that it only happened I think twice, but when I would kind of get it in my mind to go to the Tim Hortons in Nashwalk Sis, so that's like an hour walk or whatever and I couldn't make it. I had to stop at the closer Tim Hortons. Luckily, there's a lot of Tim Hortons in our town because the, the wind in the face, it was it just felt like, like acid in the face. <laughs> and it's like, that's that extra layer of cold where like it didn't happen that often, but that just doesn't happen in Toronto. Like it just doesn't get cold like that. So yeah, I, I gotta admit it was a little, it was a little tough. <laughs> I had a rough time with that. But other so now that, you're in God's country where it's nice and warm and yeah, well, and then, uh, yeah, I'll get, I'll get to that. It's uh, because that's the thing is, I guess it's always easier to look at everything in hindsight. I mean, I wouldn't have stayed in Fredericton for four months if it was really that bad. It just, you know, just was cold. But, uh, but yeah, everything sucks in different ways. I guess there's not even that much to tell really. So I guess I'll just do it quick wise. So after New Brunswick, I went to Montreal because I'd never really been there on my own to really get to know it. And then I skipped between Montreal and Toronto for the summer. And that's where I really started to like Montreal and started to not like Toronto. <laughs> like, Toronto is still the best just because I know the most people, but it really is like, I was telling you last time I called you, it's just, or two times back, when I called you from Toronto, that it's just, it's just such a city. Like, there's no escaping the city. There's that center island place where, we, remember, we took the little boat tour around it? And that's it, yeah. really. Like, unless that was you, nice. That was nice, yeah, but unless you want to get on a boat, you know and go to an island like you just there's no escape like if you go to the outskirts like if you go to the outskirts of vancouver it's all woods or fredericton it's all woods but if you go to the outskirts of toronto it's just a worse city like it just gets worse and more bland <laughs> the further out you go there's no escaping which is also how i felt in new york so it really is kind of like new york light so uh so that was kind of a bummer where i was just kind of like not not liking toronto the way i used to but then my big master stroke was all right i'm gonna go to uh vancouver just just you know right in november just when the weather's getting bad and avoid all the the winter but man i haven't looked up any statistics but this is terrible out here it is so dark <laughs> like i i just i don't know if it was always this way and it's just that because i always used to come here in the spring so it's all beautiful and maybe i just got used to it like the slow shift into winter or maybe this really is just a really bad winter, but coming here directly, it's driving me bananas. There's no sun ever. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't know if this is worth it. Like having the two extremes. Yeah, you mean, uh, you don't mean just dark like at five o'clock. You mean dark yeah, all day. All day long, no sun. It's, uh, it's called having no measurable level of sunshine. And it just means like nothing casts a shadow because whatever sun there is, is just diffused through clouds. So it's just, it's, uh, I mean, it's like being in the Arctic Circle or something. It's like, it's never daytime. It's fucking sucks. Well, you know what, I've heard you, I remember when you were in Vancouver, before you talked about how dark the days were in winter. Rain, a lot of rain, overcast, um, very little sun. Yeah, and it's, it's a totally it. And I mean, it's like, I have gotten away with, my big thing was like, hey, if I pull this off right, I won't have to buy a winter coat. And that's true, like, there was one day that it snowed here, and there's an occasional day where it's a little, little cold, but I really, all I've got is a thermal shirt and, like, a heavy hoodie, and that's fine. But, 
yeah the uh i, don't know, I guess the irony of it is i've just been like trying to chase the sun and trying to wake up earlier and earlier to try to soak up whatever i can but i'm starting to go the other way of like i think it's actually more depressing to be outside in the daytime and you can't even tell what time it is because it's just everything it's like when they put a, a blue filter over a movie and everything is just washed out like that's what everything looks like so in this last week i've been doing the opposite i'm like you know what nuts to this i'm just gonna wait till sundown before i leave the house and it's kind of better first off it happens you know by like 4 30 and uh and at nighttime you can't tell it's just nighttime you know <laughs> it's like well, you have to remember that it's november and it's probably the darkest month of the year although i think december must be equally as dark but but i mean it's dark here like, yeah. Mean, yeah it's kind of depressing and i think some of it too is that time change that comes at the first of november like all of a sudden your daylight is limited because oh, yeah, they switch it to they, the morning they, they even cut, cut an hour off so it, it gets dark an hour earlier than yeah, that, what it had been getting that does make sense because i thought it was a little weird that it was dark like pitch black by 5 p.m like that seems weird but i forgot about that time change yeah, and I do remember having lots of days in Fredericton where I'd just be, like, taking the bus home from the comic shop and it's pitch black. And, like, yeah, there's no real winning in Canada in the winter. Not in November. But uh, but I guess that's the thing is I'd kind of, in my mind, I'm like, all right, Vancouver, this will be my salvation. But, but warmth isn't everything. Like, it is so great. Like, at least in the other parts of Canada, you get a few hours of sunlight at some point in the day. Here, like, there's... Just days and days and days where there's literally no sun and it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like, this sucks. <laughs> so uh, it's a combination, I guess, of that and that I haven't been gone that long. Like the first time I came to Vancouver, I'd never been. And then I, it was like a seven year break. So both times it was really almost like magical feeling. Plus I got here in the spring and everything was beautiful. So this is kind of the one-two punch. It's like I was just here last year. So it's like, okay, it's cool to be back, but it's not like, it's not like a revelation or something. And it's so dark all the time, so I'm like, this actually kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't really like it that much here, right now. Well, man, I don't know where you're going to go next. Uh, yeah, there's you well. See something that's magical. Maybe you'll have to go really far north and check out the aurora borealis or something. Yeah, did I tell you that uh, that was something that kind of sucked? Is on my flight to the Netherlands, I I got a what's it called an aisle seat because I knew for a flight that long I'd have to pee you know a few times and I hate having to get people to stand up and get out of the way so uh, it was like three seats long and I was on the third seat by the aisle but as we were which was better for the overall flight but there was a point when we flew by the northern lights and this guy was going around the plane pointing it out to everyone he's like oh look at the window you can see them but I couldn't see them like I would have had to Get everyone to move oh, so yeah, I can go. Yeah, yeah, and I just let it go. You have to lay on everybody's lap. <laughs> yeah. And I just was like, oh, well, whatever. But it's kind of a shame. Because normally I used to, I usually get window seats on flights because I love the window. So I would have had the cool window view. But for uh, whatever that was, an 11 hour flight, <laughs> it's like I, bathroom access is more important. So I miss the Northern Lights. But yeah, so speaking of magical travel though, that did kind of come up where. Where I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm booked with places to stay here in Vancouver for at least another two months. And I mean, I'll probably just stay for a while, wait till spring, whatever. You know, it's like, it kind of blows, but again, what's the alternative? Like, I was kind of getting bur burned out on Toronto. 
and I really was enjoying Montreal. It was like fun to learn that city, but not not in the winter. <laughs> you know, that can oh, wait for so spring it's too. It's bitterly cold in Montreal. Yeah, if anything, that would probably kill my my love of Montreal. So, uh, so I mean, I might as well just hang out here. But then Brad messaged me, and he uh, he's looking into. He was he was always kind of eyeing Japan. I don't know if I brought that up, but he was thinking about maybe trying to go teach English or something. But he found this alternative thing, where instead of teaching English, which he didn't really want to do, it just seemed like a way to get over there, they have like these long-term language programs where they can get you a visa to stay for like a pretty long time. I think he said like eight or nine months. And you take like intensive language courses, like four hours a day. And like when you come out the other side, you could speak Japanese crazy well. So he is like all excited to do that because he doesn't really need the money. He's got money saved up from his job. So it doesn't matter if he doesn't work while he's there. He just wants to long-term visit Japan and that seems like a cool way to do it so he pitched that and he's like yeah this is pretty cool and I'm like you know I'll probably be there and I'm sorting it all out he's sending his applications and stuff and he's like yeah and I've got a, a big break in July so if you could make it to Japan in July I'll be free and I was like oh that sounds amazing and like especially because I was like this place is kind of burning me out July's a little soon but I'm like oh well maybe I can scramble something together or figure something out but then he said, no, I mean Ju July 2019. <laughs> like the course oh, doesn't start till... Oh, two like, years from now. Yeah, the course doesn't start till October, next October, and then he'd be free. So that, so I instantly went from like, it was a little bit stressful, the idea of getting my shit together that quickly, but, but I was into it because at least it was a plan and somewhere cool to do and something to do. And then it switched to like, oh, that's way too long. <laughs> that's like, I can't wait till 2019. But that could still be a thing. like. I could just try to go to Japan earlier than that. You know, he'll be a little less free, but whatever, that's fine. Just that I'll know somebody there. And that would be obviously the best time to go to Japan, like not to try to go by myself. And, and would you just be going to check out the scenery or would you be taking this course? No, I would just get like, there. you can get a normal, uh, just a nothingness visa for like three months to just go visit and just do whatever you want to do, you know, just hang out. So. Uh, I would probably try to stay for at least, you know, two months or something, like try to squeeze as much as I could out of it. Because really, that's something that's interesting too, is the only real expense that's real bad is the flight. And even the flight's not that bad. Like, you know, anything where you cross an ocean is kind of bad. But you can get a round trip flight to Japan for about $1,000. So I mean, really, that's 500 bucks each way. It's not even that, that bad. Uh, I thought it was more. I thought it was like 2,000 is what I had always heard. Are you hearing a beep in the phone? No, mine isn't beeping. Okay, it must be somebody trying to call here. I will forget it. It's probably some... Yeah, they can call back. Um, well, it's not probably not even anybody, anything where anybody would call back. It's one of those... Uh, like automated things? Telemarketer types. Yeah. This uh, time of night. But then, so what's interesting is uh, the... Um, so the flight's pretty expensive, but there's no way around it. There's no other way to get to Japan. But I started looking up Airbnbs in Japan, and I just expected that they would be crazy expensive. But they're not that bad. Like, again, it's because the greater Tokyo area, it's huge, you know. So, like, these places aren't actually central, but they are all near a subway. But you can find places for, like, I found a place for, like, $24 a night, which is about normal. That's Canada okay. prices. And uh, most of them are more like 30-some, 30 $34, $35 a night. But even those, like, have you ever heard of those capsule hotels that they have? No. <laughs> so basically, it's these, this is what I had always heard is the cheapest thing in Japan. It's these hotels for businessmen who get done work late at night, 
and it's not worth it to commute all the way home. So they stay in these capsule hotels that are just like, it's like rows of little bed capsules kind of on top of each oh, other. Oh, I've heard of those. I didn't know what they were called. Yeah, so so it's just, yeah, weird little worker guys just, you know, it's like a tiny little bed. It's got a little like TV in it. And you can buy Mr. Noodles from vending machines and shit. But even those, I looked those up and even those are like 50 bucks a night. So Airbnb is still like a fine deal in Japan. And if you want to get cheap, do you remember, uh, I must have told you about when I came back to Vancouver and I stayed at the, uh, the physiotherapy place? Yeah. That can, yeah. So at night they converted their massage tables into places yeah. to sleep. Yeah. So you can always, you know, like basically life costs what you want it to cost. Like you can always find these things. And even in Japan, I found a place like that. There was a place that was only $21 a night because it's like a cafe slash art space where like little bands play and people do little performances. And at night, the guy sets up hammocks and you just sleep there for $21 a night. But it's like right in Tokyo and like it's like obviously uh, a little awkward like it's funny his like description of um uh, of the place because he's like all right so in the morning when the cafe opens you know i'm not going to kick you out you can hang around if you want but if you're not going to buy a coffee and someone comes in who is going to buy a coffee then you got to get another way <laughs> like it's so weird and i feel like health code violations and shit this whole thing is weird as shit but i just love that those places are there you know like even in japan which is like the most expensive place ever you can still live for $21 a night if you just want to sleep in a weird place. It's just so cool. So that's totally in the back of my mind. Is like, that could be a cool thing to do, but I'll wait and figure out what Brad's plans are. And, you know, and it turns out there is no big hurry because, yeah, he didn't mean this July. So, so just it could happen whenever. So he's thinking about going over to take one of these courses, is he? Yeah, and it's going to be a lot tougher for him, obviously, because he's got, you know, his apartment and... Uh, tons of stuff to deal with probably put in storage or whatever where that's where like when he said July 2019 he's like yeah you know so you know you'll have a couple of years to figure your stuff out but to me that's like a maddening idea because I could leave tomorrow I'm ready <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't need to do anything I can just go so would he be uh, would he give up his job or yeah I think he's been uh, he's been you know ready for some time to uh to move on from that particular place and you know like amicably and stuff like uh, the guy who got him the job our friend Mike he quit and came back so I'm sure Brad could do the same as long as he leaves on good terms you know just leave and come back later but yeah that job paid crazy well so he's got a pretty good little nest egg so yeah why not go to Japan while while we're still relatively young and it's yeah awesome for me because I I just I just don't know if I would ever pull the trigger I'd love to go and check it out but I know from the Netherlands experience that I, there's, I know there's going to be a lot about it I'm not going to like because the, the creepy cultural, you know, difficulty of integrating is going to be even worse. And I know it's going to feel weird, but, but I think uh, that I know that is a good thing, first off. Like, I'm more prepared. And I still just want to go. I mean, it's Japan. But if I didn't know somebody there, I don't know if I ever would actually do it. Whereas once he's there, I mean, it's surprising now that I started looking into it, like that it's, that it's just not that hard, you know? Like my Airbnb that I'm at right now is like $26 a night. There's, I can get the same deal in Japan. It's just the plane ride. Other than the plane ride, it's not even more expensive. It's just the same stupid life that I've been currently living, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's cool to know that it's not, so, and then maybe while I'm over there, like I could try to go to Korea or something. I do actually know some people in Korea, so. 
Who knows? That's uh, the future. Yeah, two years from now, well, a year and a half. Only a year and a half, actually. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, if I really do want to pull the trigger on it, if he gets there in October, next October, like, I could I could go to, like, maybe go to Korea first, go a month early, like, it's around September, just to be in the area, and then do a little, because I'm sure, I'll, I'll have to look into it, I haven't checked, but I assume a plane ride from South Korea to Japan is probably pretty cheap, but... Because, yeah, I was kind of looking into other stuff. I'm like, what if, what if I tried round two of Amsterdam, if I'm traveling anyway, like go to Amsterdam first, then go to Japan. But that makes no sense because it costs $1,000 to get to Japan from Amsterdam as well. <laughs> so it's not like I'm getting halfway there. Well, and you really didn't like Amsterdam, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to go back sometime, though. I mean, you know, it's like. Oh, you figure you might go back? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just like. Because it's like, you know, just I can't let Europe beat me that easy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but there's so many other places you could go. Like, why Amsterdam? Uh, well, I think... Scandinavia, you could... I think I would still start in Amsterdam because I figure, uh, I just figure Amsterdam is still a good place to start regardless of where I go after that. Because once you're in Europe, it's easy to get wherever you want. And there's just that initial, that initial weirdness of not knowing how anything works. Where in Amsterdam, I do know how it all works. I know how to use the subway. I know how the city's laid out. I know all that shit. So I still think it would be easier to go there, even if it's only for a week or two, just to, you know, like ease my way into the freezing cold pool or whatever. But we'll see. You know, again, I don't know. No hurry. But but that's really all that's been going on with me. Oh, I guess I could tell you one weird, dumb little anecdote that happened to me. Um, I guess so, so this is a, a little weird way to start it off, but have you ever noticed with like having nerve damage and stuff? Like what, like what are the effects of that? Do you ever feel like when you have a pinched nerve, like do you feel feelings that aren't there, like fire or something? Because well that happened to me one time that I thought maybe was a pinched nerve I didn't know what it was, but I was asleep. It was when I was in Fredericton and it felt like my toe was like burning like it was on fire And then I just got up and moved around and it was fine And I'm like I wonder if that was a pinched nerve like what was that? Why did my body misinterpret whatever <laughs> that I don't know what it was I just thought maybe that's what it is because you know we got the whatever history of weird yeah, and stuff in our so uh, basically though what happened is this Airbnb I'm at now, there was uh, like a leak in the shower, which apparently is directly above my room because like cold water just started pouring out of the, the ceiling, like through the light fixture onto my bed while I was asleep. So basically I woke up all of a sudden and now, you know, my brain was still like half asleep and wasn't really thinking properly. And it felt like my legs were wet, but I was under a big comforter. Like, so like, why would my legs be cold and wet? It made no sense. And in that little split second of having just woken up and still being half asleep, that was what went through my mind. Is I'm like, oh man, something is really wrong. Like my whole nervous system just broke because what the hell is going on? Like this, this feeling doesn't make any sense. This is not, this can't be possible. And then I realized it was possible because my bed was soaking wet. But I don't know, just for that moment, I was like, it was so terrifying, even though it was just that my legs were wet. Because it just was in such an unusual circumstance. So 
so there was actually water coming through the light fixture. Yeah, a ton of water. And then uh, it took the guy a couple of days to finally properly get it fixed. He tried different things without having to replace the whole thing, so different caulkings and whatever, sealants. So for the next couple of days, that kept happening. But it, well, you know, every time after that, it's like, oh, well, I just woke up wet again. That's fine. <laughs> but it's just that first day it was so unexpected. And I mean, my brain couldn't come up with any explanation. I thought I was like having a stroke or something. It was this weird. And I guess the only other dumb little thing that happened was just the other day. So I was at this coffee shop at, uh, I don't know, pretty late at night. And there was all these guys there playing... Uh, playing chess and it was funny because I used to see one of the guys in particular I recognized back when I used to be a coffee shop guy in like 2005 those guys would play chess at the coffee shop I worked at because it used to be 24 hour and I forgot all about them I saw them every week but I'd forgotten they even existed and then to see them all these years later I'm like holy shit those are the chess guys <laughs> like they're still they're still going but they've moved to a different coffee shop so it's just this kind of weird shitty late night coffee shop with a bunch of weird old guys playing chess and like everyone's just chill and cool and whatever and hanging out. And uh, there was a little mouse that ran across the, uh, didn't seem to be scared of people at all. It was like just like running between the tables and it was like the cutest little mouse. And like it wasn't like a rat or anything, it was just a total cute little mouse. And everyone was just kind of laughing and like, ah, oh, look at that, a little mouse got in here somehow. And this one chick, this like fancy pants Asian chick, jumped up on her chair like from like a 1950s you know cartoon or something and was just freaking out at seeing this uh this mouse and even though she was asian she sounded just like hillary from the fresh prince you remember yeah <laughs> and she was just like oh my god why is there a mouse here shouldn't this place be shut down like what is happening and everyone was kind of laughing at the mouse and at her whole general predicament. And she's just like, you think this is funny? Do you think this is funny? And finally some Arabic guy was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it was so great because she was just being such a little bitch. And it was weird because it's like, you know, I guess to see it from her side a little, like she was, you know, obviously kind of embarrassed that everyone was staring at her, freaking out. But you really well, handled she it. Well, didn't start screaming. Yeah, I mean, she was like, she was like a little bit too much of like a, like again that like, do you think this is funny type of thing, like getting mad at everyone. So I think that's kind of kept her from going into full-on airhead mode. But uh, man, it's just so weird of just like, I don't know, her fancy pants clothes and her little fancy pants get up and just like, like it's almost like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a disability to be that afraid of a mouse, you know? Like, New York would kill her. Like, there's giant rats everywhere. <laughs> like, I don't know, I just thought it was so weird. Like, who gets that upset? It's like people that get upset when you swear or something. It's just, like, weird. It's almost like child abuse, that these parents raise these kids that just can't deal with... Like, it's just a mouse. It's a mouse in Vancouver where there's no winter, so of course it's a mouse. And this coffee shop even is kind of set into the ground. It's like you walk down some stairs. It's almost like a semi-basement coffee shop. Nothing about it was weird. <laughs> there was a little mouse and she was losing her mind and then she, her and her friend quickly left. And I just thought that was funny because I mean, I guess, you know, our house is halfway like a, like a country house anyway. And then we had the literal cottage out by the river and just like, so it's a mouse, who gives a shit? <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I've, I've never seen someone react like that. Like, it was like a cartoon. 
Well, usually you see women that jump up on, on on chairs and just scream hysterically. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, that okay. is, I mean, yeah. like, oh, for God's sake. She didn't do the scream, but she did jump up on the chair. But I guess that's the thing is I've never actually seen that. I've only seen it in old movies, you know, or like sitcoms from the 70s. Like nobody does that, but somebody does. Well, at least she also didn't grab a broom and start trying to kill it. Yeah. That's another thing that's ridiculous. Uh, I've seen I've seen so many women, uh, something like a June bug. Down at Bingo is where I've seen it mostly. Like when we're cleaning up and the doors are open at the end of the night and a June bug might come in. Now, they, they don't hurt anything. They're kind of big and they make kind of a cracky sound when they fly. But, like, you know, ah, screaming and grabbing brooms and trying to kill the thing and or, or uh, maybe a moth or something comes in. Same thing. Like, God. So I always go get a cup and gather the thing up and take it out. Yeah, yeah, me too. I always try to let stuff out if I can. I did kind of think that because, like, even though this coffee shop was pretty busy, like, everybody was really just kind of bemused by this mouse and trying to sort of halfway trying to catch it. It ended up just running around a corner and disappearing. But, yeah, like, everybody was so benevolent and just kind of like, oh, what a cute little mouse, except this chick that I was, like, glad she was up on the chair because I totally got that feeling of like her fancy pants Chanel boots or something like she would just crush this thing probably <laughs> and it's just like and it's not it's one thing if it's like a spider I still think that's ridiculous but yeah like the cutest little mouse in the world this thing was like two inches long speaking of spiders though that actually kind of made me think of just this whole thing with the mouse and stuff remember how like our house used to have like shitloads of enormous spiders underneath the, yeah underneath the stairs underneath the outside stairs there yeah and wasn't it just that the house got painted and then i got rid of the spiders but you were like kind of lobbying to try to keep the spiders there but there was no yeah, way to do maybe. it I, I never knew why they disappeared but you know we haven't had any of those big ones oh some of them they were like the size of a small crab yeah yeah they were they were big <laughs> <laughs> they were i mean it you know you know really bodies that would be Almost as big as a loony. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that is just the the difference too in, um, yeah, in just mentality of like, like I mean, I guess maybe there's a certain amount of like when people have arachnophobia and stuff, like there is just something primal in them. Well, I mean, I've I've heard it described too as like, uh, you know, like that's a a good thing to have in a way if you were like an ancient tribal person. Like if you see a spider, you're supposed to be scared of it, type of thing. But but yeah, I was just thinking how, like, my yeah, upbringing, Yeah, but okay, if you live like in, a, in, in, a, in a country where, you know, it might be a black widow spider or something, or if it bites you, that's it. You know, you're done. Okay, I get, I get you. Be afraid of that thing. But in our culture, come on, these little tiny spiders or a little beetle or something, you know, Christ, they're not going to hurt us. They have no interest in us. Man, there was, though. I guess the one time that my... Uh, that was a little bit tested for me was this last summer one of the times I was in Toronto I was staying at this place that uh, it was a really cool uh, neighborhood in Toronto it's called the uh, the annex and it's kind of hip and happening and whatever but my actual place was just this weird like basement apartment the lady who owned the house is really nice but it was it was kind of shitty it was real cheap though uh, and, and I was there for like a month and there was it was like this little hole in the wall that a uh, I guess it must have been for like a cable TV. It was like a, a wire coming through the wall that just wasn't being used. And at some point after I'd been there a couple of weeks, this thing crawled through that hole that was fucking terrifying. It was like, I don't know, like a millipede or something? Like it had so many legs. 
but it was almost like so many legs that it looked like shaggy fur and this thing was like at least five inches long it was just scary as shit <laughs> it was like what the fuck is that so basically though i just uh i like covered up the hole in the wall with something and that was that was it but i really had a little bit of a hard time sleeping that night i was like i started checking my shoes in the morning just because i'm like what if like it was so big and so weird and i have no idea what it even was so I gotta admit that one got me a little, but I still wouldn't like kill it. I just would shoo it away. Yeah, just yeah, just kind of block it up so it can't come in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that thing I like forgot about it till just now. But yeah, that thing actually, because I guess that. So I guess I can kind of understand that primal, because it was like, like why would that make it hard for me to sleep? But it did. Like I just couldn't get it out of my head. Cause well, I don't because even know. you're probably thinking it would come in in the night and climb start on my crawling face. all over you. <laughs> Yeah, and I was gonna look it up to try to figure out what it is, but I don't even know who even cares like whatever But it looked like prehistoric. It was crazy <laughs> It was terrifying That's actually so I started work. That's my my thing that I'm doing while I'm here I'm like well while I'm here for the winter anyway My one big goal is I'm trying to power through the first draft of this novel I, I, idea I had for a novel because I finally finished writing that book about video games and you know, some people cared about it, but not that many. So at least that's like a clear sign of like, all right, I tried that. Now let's try writing in a real book. But the, so the idea of it, it's kind of like a Star Trek thing of, it's like a combination of how weird I felt when I was in Europe and just that feeling of being in a different society, but also that feeling of like seeing a weird bug and you're just like, what the shit? So I'm going to have it basically be like two like a, a person from one alien race is stuck on the space station of another alien race and like just what that would really be like not like star trek where everyone just has a different colored bump in their head and uh you know the klingons are a little angry and the vulcans are a little calm like what would it really be like if you're just repelled <laughs> by these fucked up looking things all the time so that's the idea we'll see see how it goes have you started it yet yeah, I'm uh, on chapter three, <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I don't know. It's probably going to be like 15 chapters. It's going to be like a young adult book because those are the books everybody, that, that people actually buy. You know, Hunger Games and Harry Potter and shit. So, uh, so that's my plan. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that'd be an interesting idea because the more I think about it, I mean, I just don't think actual alien species, like full-on for real aliens, would ever get along. I just don't think you could. I think you would just like be trying to talk to this thing. Well, in this story, like the aliens on the station, they're like squids. So they, to try to make themselves fit in a little, they like wear little suits to kind of make them look human shaped, but they're not. They're just weird squid things. They don't even have a face. So you're just like trying to talk to this thing that doesn't even have a face. And it's got this weird culture and all these weird ideas and assumptions about things that just drive you fucking crazy. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's perfectly plausible that two alien groups wouldn't get along. Heck, the human species can't even get along. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, man, I've been watching. Oh, they're so good. People always told me that these new Planet of the Apes movies are good, but I just was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Everyone says everything's good and it's not good. But, man, they're good. Like, the one that came out, it came out in 2011. And it's all, like, computer-generated apes, but they did yeah. such a good job. And, man, like, because I love the old one. The Charlton Heston one is awesome. But, uh, but this one, it's like the start of it. It's like they're doing tests on this one monkey and the one monkey gets smart enough to be able to talk a little bit and stuff. And it's just like kind of the beginning of how apes 
are going to slowly take over. But it's great because once the... the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, well, I saw that one night on TV. It's got and James he, Franco. Uh, he's, in a, he's in a biological research place, right? Yeah, and he takes uh, John Lithgow's dad. And he, and he learns dad. to talk. Yeah, he takes him home and like, yeah, has to like sneak him home and raise him. And as the monkey learns more and more, and especially as he kind of spreads the uh, smartness serum to more and more apes, and it is like when you look at human beings from their side, we're the worst. We're so awful. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like you just want the apes to win. You're like, yeah, fuck these guys. These guys suck. And it's like it's like the beginning, like uh, like like what became the movie Planet of the Apes. This was like. The, the, the beginning of it that shows how that development happened. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. I, ju- I just that's, started... That's what this movie's about, right? Yeah, and it's... When you're talking about? It's definitely, I think, seems like the best one, where, yeah, it's like really only just a little handful of smart apes. But then uh, I just started the second one, where the way they kind of explain it is that the same genetic thing that's making the apes smarter is also killing humans, so that's what's switching the balance. So in the second movie, it's like, you know, just like a basic apocalypse thing of like, you know, 99% of the humans are dead. There's still not that many apes, but like now the apes have a fighting chance type of thing. <laughs> and then there's a third movie too that just came out this year that I mean, I guess at that point it's like apes are winning. <laughs> it's really neat. Like it's so neat too to see computers used well. Because usually I don't like computer stuff. I prefer, I would prefer if you dress up like an ape. But in this case, they did so well with it that it's like, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, well, I did see, and I didn't see the whole movie. I only saw part of it on TV, like maybe, but I never see the whole thing of anything. Right. Um, I, I, like, it was probably, I remember the, the, this ape that could talk, and he was in a research station. And eventually he opens up all the cages, and they all get out at the end. They all get out, and they're yeah. taking over. Yeah, that's the, the one. City. But there's not a whole lot of them. There's, well, there might be 50 of them. At that point, but yeah, and then yeah, and it's the beginning of that you know, centuries and centuries later, the Planet of the Apes series is like beginning, and it explains it. It, it had a really good, reasonable explanation of it because I remember thinking, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I could see that happening. Yeah, it's neat too because uh, I actually I got in a big Planet of the Apes kick about ten years ago. I watched all of the old ones, and uh, the first one is obviously the best, but. There's also the fourth one was also good because it was kind of similar. Like it was on the tipping point where there was basically apes were janitors. Like it was like getting there where all the apes were, you know, dressed in their kind of like, like uh, mechanic type outfits, whatever you call those, like those jumpsuits the mechanics always wear. And they just swept up streets and stuff. And it was like the tipping point of like their like social revolution. But it wasn't that good of a movie because it was just, you know, the fourth Planet of the Apes sequel. So yeah, I feel like this these movies are like taking that idea and redoing it because there was also a planet of the apes remake that tim burton made in like 2001 and it sucked <laughs> so. yeah i remember that one thinking oh man like why did why do they bother yeah marky mark was in it so it's nice that they're yeah they did it properly this time it's really cool that's where i feel like i need a code word because everybody told me those movies were good but I mean, everyone says Star Wars is good, you know, and it's not. <laughs> so it's like I need like a code word of like, no, that, for real though, this one really is good. But yeah, the more I watch any of this stuff, it's like, I don't know, it's funny because like, especially before I went to Europe, I was watching a lot of travel videos and they're like YouTubers that make their whole job traveling. And 
the just the one line that everyone says, the one thing everyone says about traveling is like, oh, I just love learning about other cultures. And I know this is like, makes me sound like this horrible, close-minded, terrible person, but the more I learn about the world and the more I learn about what happens when different groups interact, it's like, what do you like about that? Do you really like that or are you just saying that so you sound like a nice person? Because I don't know if that's true. I feel like when most cultures meet a different culture, they don't like it at all. <laughs> you know? And like to even feel that in myself of like, I don't want to be a horrible bigot. I got to try to, you know, fight against this problem. And like, I'm going to go back to Amsterdam someday and I'm going to try to improve on this point. But the initial feeling when you meet someone different or you meet a weird alien or you meet an ape that can talk is like, this thing needs to get out of here because <laughs> this is like not cool. Well, there's so much, the world has become such a, a global thing now that those cultural differences are not as obvious as they used to be anyway. Yeah, although even that, I mean, that's funny because like, like this, uh, like the, the chick who got all upset about the, uh, about the mouse who sounded just like Hillary from The Fresh Prince, you know? Like, there's a lot of Asians in Vancouver that are, like, from China Asians, but then there's all the Asians that are just North American to a fault. And it's like, are we really integrating, or do we just get along with the ones that act like us? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not learning anything about China. They're just, you know, learning about us, sort of. It seems like that's what's happening. Or like the melting pot idea in New York, just a lie, just a total lie. Like every neighborhood was super segregated and they didn't cross over and they didn't hang out with each other. Like my house was right in between the Orthodox Jewish neighborhood and the Chinese neighborhood. So if I went right, Jewish people with curly cues and yarmulkes. If I go left, Chinatown. No middle, no, no. <laughs> and then if I went a little further, it was the Mexican neighborhood. Like it's just how it, it's... Yeah, it's not a melting pot at all. It's just if people act North American, then we hang out with them. And if they don't, then they stay in their own little enclave. And I'm not saying any of this is right, it's just how it is. And like, yeah, it's just weird to me to deny the reality. So I'm gonna blow the lid off this with my book about space aliens. <laughs> and in the end, they're not gonna get along, cause you know, fuck it. I saw an interesting movie the other night, uh, it, again, didn't see the whole part of it, only saw the last part of it. It was called District 9, I think it was called. Oh, yeah, that's an awesome, yeah. About it was really good. I'd like to see the whole thing. It's a, yeah, it's about the, this alien ship arrived in uh, South Africa. Yeah, in Johannesburg, totally. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and these uh, alien creatures, it's wonder they didn't do them all in, although they're doing research and all this stuff on them. These, these humans are doing all this shit on them. But they live in these in these segregated areas, um, and and underneath there they've got a, a little spaceship, a pod, hidden uh, that they're working on. It takes them 20 years to get it to the point where it can go back to the mothership that's just been hovering above Johannesburg all these years. Yeah, because wasn't that like somehow they're like it's like they're they're. Queen Bee got destroyed or something. So they're all just, yeah, the aliens are just kind of listless and ineffective. Yeah. I couldn't quite figure out what was going on uh, and how, like, one of them, a, a human, a white human, gets contaminated somehow and his, I don't know if somebody bit him or what, but his arm starts turning into one of them 
Yeah, if anything, I thought that was actually kind of the weaker point of the movie is when it became an action movie about that guy. Because I didn't really care about that guy. Like, I thought the, the socioeconomic situation of the aliens was the interesting part. But I guess to make a big Hollywood movie, you got to have a gun and shoot stuff. <laughs> but they still did yeah, a good job of, like, talking about the weird slums and stuff and the horrible inequality in Africa, but in a way that people would actually watch. Like, if you made a movie about that, nobody would go. But, but District 9 made millions of dollars because it's an action movie. It's like they tricked people into learning about it. Well, and then it finishes off at the very end um, how they, they, the research on them had stopped and District 9 is, is, uh, is destroyed. Like, but, but the aliens are still there and they are now in a new area called District 10. And they are, uh, their uh, population is really expanding quickly. And, it's kind of, and, and that's where they left it. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of weird. Because here's this ship took off. And supposedly it was going to come back. And they now live in a whole new socioeconomic district. And they're expanding. Their groups, their, their population is expanding. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is either for a sequel or... Yeah, I think even you'll like the opening even more because yeah, they, it deals a lot more with just the, the the weird slums that the aliens live in, and to me that was the neatest part. And how they love cat food for some reason, and yeah. they're, <laughs> they're all just kind of hanging out eating cat food. Yeah, I should watch that movie again because. Uh, I remember with that, so that guy, his name is Neil Blomkamp, I think. That was his first movie. So everyone was like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. This movie is great. Holy crap. But he's made two or three movies since then, all big budget movies with like Matt Damon and shit that nobody liked. <laughs> so it kind of took the bloom off the rose in a way where they're like, ah, oh, he made that one movie and then all his other movies no one likes. So it kind of made me forget about District 9 a little, but yeah, I need to well, watch that again. Well, I liked again. him in it because he was just, uh, he came across well as being like, you know, just your little Joe bureaucrat oh. there going around. To yeah, that guy, definitely the guy who checking started Checking them out, and, you know, and keeping, he was like the social worker. Yeah, he was not your and, conventional star. No, and he was very low-key, and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's got this, this arm that starts converting, and then he becomes this, you know, this... this they all do well. They want to get them. The white guys want to want to get them, and everybody wants to get them. The black guys who live in the slums, they want to get them because they want to. Whatever happened to them? They and I didn't know what happened to them. How that happened? Yeah, I don't they remember anymore. Eat, they wanted to eat part of them. They believed that if they ate part of him, then they would become like that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that wasn't what happened to them. So I had no idea what had happened to them because I missed the beginning of it. But anyway, it was. Uh, it was interesting. That's weird too, like that's just how Hollywood is so weird, because I remember, so the guy, Neil Blomkamp, the director, he was supposed to direct the Halo movie, that like Xbox game that's real popular, and then that fell apart, and everyone was like, oh, what a bummer, he didn't get to make the Halo movie. But then he made District 9 instead, and everyone was like, oh, thank God he didn't make the stupid Halo movie, because <laughs> that would have sucked. So everyone was like, awesome, District 9. But then he never could follow up on District 9, so it's just like... I mean, making a movie must be such a nightmare. It's just lucky when it turns out. But yeah, that one totally did. That was a, and just such a weird idea. Like, it's one of those things. Like, if you didn't grow up, 
in South Africa, you'd never come up with that, you know? Like, you'd have to be around the weird shanty towns and stuff to even have those ideas. And the, the, uh, the, the computerization of the aliens was good, too. They were different. Like, they, they didn't look like what we always, you know, the aliens, the big eyes and the narrow face. They actually looked something that was a prawn. <laughs> like a prawn, except for the legs. And the legs were like those, those artificial legs that runners have when they don't have their legs, but they run. Right. On those kind of metal legs with the kind of turned up toes. That's a. Uh, that was kind of the basic shape of, of, of the prawn. That's also um, too. That's such a great alien design because that is the opposite of like the Star Wars thing where it's like a sexy girl who's green. <laughs> you know, like yeah. those are some real aliens. Like look at those things. Yeah, and that's what, why I started watching it first. I go, so look at like why wouldn't the way we wipe out everything, you know, anything that's different. They were doing research and stuff on them and shooting them after they were done with them, but they still were allowing them to live in these kind of ghetto-type things. Um, and I, well, because I missed the beginning of it, I didn't quite couldn't quite put together how this all happened and why were they there. And then, there, and then of course, then it ties into a whole lot of like how the Germans treated the. Um, the Jews and anybody else it was a little odd they put them in the ghettos and that was the idea they lived there but eventually they were going to exterminate them so there's all that kind of tie in with this 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 is what was going to happen with this group too eventually yeah and again yeah. It's, it's been quite a long time but if I remember right it was like I believe when the aliens showed up it was kind of a, a battle scenario or like if it might have been like the humans started it but the aliens totally did fight back if i remember right but yeah then they took out some kind of hive mind leader thing and and yeah that's when the remaining aliens just were so harmless that that's how it all just kind of devolved into the weird slums because it's like like it really is kind of like that um those like statistics that you read about like how uh like a super educated like white child has a bigger vocabulary than like an 80 year old black guy who's lived under the poverty line his whole life you know like there's just can't be disparity at a certain or there will always be disparity at a certain point and that's what it was like with these like that's where i think the aliens were obviously supposed to be uh like a stand-in to to this what's going on in south africa is like as good as your intentions are, even if you want to try to, like, okay, aliens, maybe you're not so bad. Maybe you can stay. Maybe you can fit in. But there's just like, this isn't working at all. <laughs> Everyone's just living in a slum and eating cat food. Holy shit, now what do we do? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and then the thing that was also weird about it, like, especially in South Africa, like, you've got the black guys and the white guys. Well, in this one, you had the aliens, the black guys, and the white guys. And yep. the black guys were sort of slightly up up the ladder yeah, no, sure. over, over the aliens and I'm but sure there was a, still a whole lot of a comparison to what the, the life of life of blacks in South Africa are like, like that's a anyway, really it was, uh, it was well done and it's, uh, it, it, it's different so I'm gonna try to track it down sometime and see the whole thing yeah, and I mean, maybe uh, next time I'm back home, if you haven't seen it by then, I'll just have to remember, like, you know, dig up Plan, uh, plan 9, I was going to say, <laughs> District 9 and Planet of the Apes, and yeah, we can totally catch up on these movies if you don't see them in the meantime. 
But yeah, that's an interesting idea too. I think the uh, like I don't know if this was in the movie or just some subtext to it, but of keeping the aliens around is like there's no better way for human beings to get along than to have a new underclass. <laughs> you know, it's like hey, now we can just shit on the aliens and we can be friends. Black guys, white guys, we'll be friends. Fuck these aliens. <laughs> you know, like I could totally see that happening. Yeah, but you had this, the white guys were still high, the higher ups. Right. And the, the black guys, they still had no use for the black guys, but they had lesser use. Yeah, there's always the underdog. <laughs> so, so, so the black guys felt superior to the aliens. The white guys felt superior to all of them. Anyway, it was, uh, and, and then and then that little, the little tiny guy, there was a little small little child. I thought he was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually why I started watching it. Here was this little thing running around outside when I clicked onto the channel, and I said, what is that little thing? And, uh, it's like the new E.T. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah, but he didn't look cute like E.T. Because he didn't have the big eyes or anything. He was just like, wow, look at that weird-looking little thing. He looked like a little scorpion. And then, uh, then he went inside the building, and here was this great big giant guy with the red vest on. Like, oh, holy Moses, who's he? That's when I started to watch it. I remember uh, Brad used to say, though, that he kind of liked watching movies like that, like just catching them on TV, because usually the first 20 minutes at least is just a lot of setup that you really don't need. So, like, if you come in partway through, it's kind of more interesting <laughs> to try to piece yeah, together. Yeah, you know what? I agree with it because half the way cut because you don't know what the answers to all the things are, and it keeps your interest because you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, and there's especially nowadays. There's a lot of uh, movies are so expensive that yeah, they don't take a lot of chances that somebody might be confused. <laughs> so, it's like uh, that Kong Skull Island, whatever it was, the movie me and uh, Dan and Ali went to see. It was like the new King Kong movie. And, you know, it was like, whatever, it was fine. But it was, like, funny to, for us to try to sort of explain to Ali because she loved it. And we're like, hey, we're not saying we didn't like it. It was great. It was a good movie. But we've seen 800 movies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you haven't. Like, it's, it's just, a, just a movie. You know, we weren't being dicks about it, but, you know, we couldn't be disingenuous of, like, you know, yeah, okay, it's all right, but it's, it's not even the best King Kong movie, <laughs> you know, like, Man, that's one thing, speaking though of just the weird alien type metaphors for stuff, uh, I never expected this show to be as good as it is, but if you're ever flipping through channels and you happen to catch it, it's this show called The Orville, and it's, uh, it's the guy who made Family Guy, uh, Seth MacFarlane his name is, and basically it's like a Star Trek comedy show, but or at least that's what everyone thought it was going to be, but it's really just a Star Trek show. But it's like old school Star Trek. It's not like the new boring Star it, Trek. Is is it cartoon or? No, it's live action, and he's like oh, the it's captain. Live action, it, the Orville. Yeah, and, and like uh, named after Orville Wright, and that's their ship's name. And uh, it's most mostly like Star Trek: The Next Generation, but it still has some stuff from like the original Star Trek. And it's unbelievable how good it is, because it really gets back into those kind of like simple, clear storylines from the old Star Trek. Like, they've got this one guy who's basically supposed to be a Klingon. He's the big, you know, tough, strong alien guy. And you find out that his race is all male, like 100% male, until he has a kid in one episode, and it's a female. And he wants to, the kid to have a sex change, and they have, like, basically a big, big Star Trek space debate about it, of, like, how can you do this to this kid without the kid's consent and the kid wouldn't even know 
But his argument is like, you really think being the one woman on a planet full of men is a good idea? <laughs> you, you know, you don't understand my society. You really think that's going to work? And it, it's just awesome. Like, it's just space debates. But yeah, it's a really good show. And I love how, you know, like using alien cultures like that, you know, just to, to get across an idea in this way that is so, so clear compared to, you know, if it's all just people. Plus, it's got some jokes, which I mean, even if it wasn't intentional, old Star Trek definitely had some jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, even yeah. just, just fucking Bones arguing with Spock was a joke. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it was they just... always had a little bit of that, that, uh, that lighthearted banter. Yeah, whereas new Star Trek, it's like a rigor mortis. It's so boring. So, yeah, it's nice to bring that back a little. But yeah, it's on Fox on Thursdays, I think. Anyway, it's, uh, it's totally good. Okay, well, I'm gonna check it out. Be horrible. Yeah, or that'll be another thing if uh, if I'm back home. I'll just, you know, I'll just grab a couple of the good episodes if, if you don't catch any by then. Because, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And it's weird, too, because, like, there is a new Star Trek show that just started this year, and I only watched the first one, but I just hated it. It's so boring. So it's, it's like, interesting that this other show, even though it's technically not Star Trek, it's so clearly Star Trek that, but they're like, like, hey, Star Trek, if you're not gonna use this, can we just we'll just do it okay <laughs> like it's filmed the same it's got the same kind of music it's got like the same the way it fades to black while the music swells right before a commercial like everything is just like star trek so it's weird it's like this guy the, the seth MacFarlane guy it's like he's a fan of star trek where the people making star trek don't feel like fans of star trek anymore anyway we just hit like an hour and i mean we're just talking about star trek at this point so i guess i should probably mosey yeah, this okay. seems like it went pretty well, and man, I love this little bank of phones. This is great. I feel like I'm, it's a little noisy in here, but at least nobody's bugging me, so that's cool. Well, it was good that you found them. Yeah, no one's giving me the weird stink eye about holding the recorder up to the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's about it. Oh yeah, and uh, thanks for depositing my, my $400 upgrade fee <laughs> for the, uh, the flight. Yeah, that was nice that it was a check. Yeah, that was actually really handy. I mean, I think it was kind of a good thing in a way, but I was so broke this month after I paid for next month's Airbnb. But I think it was a good thing because I'd really gotten into this habit of uh, just so I wouldn't hang around at home all day, I would always leave the house like hungry. Like I just didn't have food at home. So I had to get out of the house and I had to go walk somewhere and go buy some food. But that really was too expensive. Like it just adds up too much. So this month I bought a bunch of Mr. Noodles and just made Mr. Noodles at home before I left the house and it's fine you know like whatever and it's so much cheaper like I was looking at my bank balance and it's like all right I've only got well, I don't know 200 bucks or something and if you eat out every day that's not a lot of money but when I just started buying groceries like a normal person that's tons of money <laughs> like I think before you deposited that check I still had 100 bucks left and I ate I don't know like oh so there's like a dollar store out here that uh, really is still it's a dollar twenty-five, but it really is everything's a dollar twenty-five. Like you know how the dollar stores, most of them now. Yeah, now like three dollars, four dollars. So uh, I've never bought groceries at the dollar store before, but I was just trying to keep things cheap. So I went to this dollar place, and I, uh, I basically just took as everything I wanted. I'm like anything I can even fit in this container. Who cares? It's a dollar. Just get whatever. And it was 23 bucks. <laughs> you know? I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest. Like, and what? it's amazing how much stuff they've got. 
Yeah, I got yeah peanut butter and crackers and all kinds of shit and rye bread, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. It was crazy. Whereas yeah, like what's that? Like three trips to McDonald's. So I mean, yeah, like I think this is also good to just just to. I was uh, I was living beyond my means a little, and there's just no need for it. There's no reason I can't eat Mr. Noodles. I'm not above Mr. Noodles. Well, and then there's other things you can get to put in it, like <laughs> yeah, five occasional yeah, can of ham if you need some meat. Yeah, it doesn't have to be as pathetic as Mr. Noodles, but, <laughs> but you know, that was just my, my go-to. But yeah, even that kind of, uh, yeah, it even helped in a way with the idea of going to like Japan or something, is like just to kind of remind myself that I, I, I totally can live cheap, you know. It really is just that flight, and then after that everything's not that bad. Well, especially since, uh, you know, you don't have a steady job that can... Yeah, I still haven't seen my... Always make sure that you're flush, so... My, uh, my friend Doug, who, uh, got me the coffee shop, or the cheesecake shop job last time, I haven't seen him yet. I'm, I will soon, I guess, but it's one of those things that I... I mean, I left there, I think, on pretty okay terms. Uh, maybe I'll run and buy him. Like, if I can get a job easy, that easy, like, if he can just snap his fingers and get me the dumb cheesecake job again... I might do it for a bit because I mean I saved up a pile of money working there when I mean obviously that would make traveling easier you know <laughs> like, so we'll see I don't know I'll run it by him just to see because it's one of those things like it's it's very tough to motivate myself to get a miserable minimum wage job that I hate but if someone just gives me one like well I can't say no to that so we'll see I just saw that uh, they just passed a law or something, or it's passing soon in Ontario, that minimum wage is going to be $15. That's a lot. That's more than here. What is it What is it out there? I guess I don't know. I haven't... I actually, I never had a job in Ontario, so I don't know. But here, uh, I think here in BC, it's only like ten fifty or 11 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's $11, $11 here in New Brunswick. Yeah, so I guess it's not that huge of a jump, considering that Ontario is kind of expensive, but still seems like a lot. But I mean, I guess back at the comic shop, I mean, that they would, I don't even remember what the comic shop paid, seven, six something, seven dollars an hour, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you're going to pay me to hang out at the comic shop? Like, all right. That's a number of years ago, though. Yeah, that's true. So and that was... It's definitely $11 here now, or, or it's going up to 11 but I think it, I think it is 11 it's weird too, I guess, that my first job, my first real job, was at a comic shop. I think that probably probably skewed my view a little bit of how jobs should feel, because <laughs> that job was fun. <laughs> jobs usually aren't fun. But anyway, yeah, I guess I should let you go. So I'll give you a call. Well, I don't know next time, whenever I guess. And uh, so yeah, as far as the podcast thing goes, I, I don't know. I mean, I figure I'll try to aim for at least every season so if this was the fall show we'll do like a winter show or whatever but i'll i'll just call you in between as well okay cool well take care my dear thank you the sun has gone down so now i guess i'll just go (laughs) walk through the dark and just try to ignore the fact that it will still be dark tomorrow yeah well me i get up in the dark and come home in the dark yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we're all in this together for the winter. So yeah, good luck. Good luck with all the Alrighty. dark. Alrighty. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye.